Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 2 When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthian, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, you will not let your Holy One see decay, you have made known to me the paths of life, you will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, 
The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They honoured Jesus as Lord. They reread the Old Testament as speaking about Jesus. They made space for the Spirit. It's what they'd been told to do. It was good religion. But did they, even the ministry-seasoned apostles, expect it to lead to that? The blowing of the violent wind, the tongues of fire, the jubilant jibber-jabber in the Phrygian parlance? The rending of the hearts of the 3,000, the birth of the church, was a totally sovereign act. The bequeathing of the Spirit was done at the whim of the Almighty. God took their good religion and made it heavenly. Oh, I want our religion to become heavenly again. A serial frustration in my life is that the Spirit is everything I need, and yet I can't control him. He is a sovereign act. Being all together in one place to honour Jesus and make space for the Spirit is good religion. We can replicate that. Peter's sermon reinterpreting the Old Testament being about Jesus pouring out his spirit, verse 16 to 36, is good religion. We can replicate that as well. But what we can't replicate is verses 2 to 4. We can't replicate the visitation from heaven. That is a sovereign act. And the visitation from heaven is the whole deal. Heaven brings the power. Heaven brings the purity. Heaven brings the staggering wonder that is incomprehensibly wonderful. Even as I write this, I feel my tear glands swelling with yearning for Holy Spirit to come as he came to them. And I feel my throat going dry with the agony that he comes only if Jesus wants him to come. I've been in church long enough to know that good religion is indeed good. It has its dodgy moments, but on the whole, it's good. But I've also been in church long enough to know that nothing really happens without Jesus choosing to pour out Holy Spirit. Luke is telling us that Jesus is willing. Luke is showing us that Jesus' willingness arrived when he was exalted to the Father. 
So we call on you, Jesus. Please give us Holy Spirit. Pour out on us a sovereign act that sets our good religion on fire. We want to be heavenly like they were. Question for reflection. How much do you really want the Holy Spirit? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.